Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Freedom Ministries. I want to tell you that I love you and I'm glad to be here. Glad to see y'all. It's been a little bit since I've been in church. In, in church here, anyway. So, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking in Luke chapter 15. I want to talk to y'all for just a second. It wasn't... There seems to be a anointing on finances this morning. And uh, just a, maybe a week or so ago, maybe two weeks, I don't know. Uh, I was talking with my wife and I was telling her something that God had showed me. And she's like, ooh, call pastor, let him know you got a word. And I said, well, I'm not ready for that word. You know, it takes me a while to get ready. And uh, so this morning, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip, as they say. Uh, I haven't prepared. I haven't even studied on it. I've just, you know, when God gives you something, it kind of goes in your mind and you mull it over for a little bit. And then you try to, I do, I try to present it in a way that I think it should be, you know, that I can get it over over to y'all. So if you don't mind, if you have your Bible, and if not, it'll be on the screen, the prodigal son, uh, Luke 15 and 11. And we all know, we, we all are familiar with this uh, story, but I'm just going to read it real fast, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. And I don't know how long I'll be this morning, probably short, maybe long, I don't know, but I really... I wouldn't have come up here if I didn't think God was saying just go ahead and release it. And it's, it's just one of the scriptures that he'd given me, but I'm just going to go with that. If you don't mind, just, what they say, indulge me for a few moments. Uh, all right, so we'll start in verse 11. Like I said, I'll just read this till the end, and then uh, we'll go back and talk about it. So, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said unto his father, 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 give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, and he took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, he arose a mighty famine in the, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And when he went and joined himself with, to a citizen of that country, he sent him into the fields to feed his swine. And he, would have, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's bread, have bread enough to spare? And I sit up here and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose, and he went to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and, and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the father said unto him, Father, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight I am no more to be worthy to, call, to be called a son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For thy son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house, and he heard music and dancing. And the servants, one of the, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he have received him safe and sound, and he was angry and would not go in. 
therefore came out to father and, and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these things many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, and that, my, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, hath devoured thy living with harlots, that means he just spent his money on women and whatever, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this my brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So, what I want to talk to you this morning about, because we've, we've given an offering, so you don't have to feel guilty or anything like that. But if you'll notice in Pastor Robert's testimony, he was talking about how he gave an offer and how he sowed a seed. But that's not all he was talking about. He was talking about how he was talking with God while he was doing it. He was praying. He was seeing a seed. He said God told him to sow a seed, so he sowed it. And then he was like, you know, is that it? No, he didn't assume that was right. So he talked to God some more, you know, about was this a time and things like that. <clears throat> so I want to talk to you about your money and about your relationship with God because not, God is not... It's, it's more in the relationship than it is in the money. And that's the whole point of what I'm trying to say this morning. It's all about the relationship. And it tells you that over and over and over in the Bible. It's about the relationship. This is the Father talking to the Son. <clears throat> now I'm assuming, it, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm assuming that He had asked for that inheritance a few times or He'd been upset over it for a little while because if, if I came to Pastor Robert and I said, give me $10,000, I'm going to go waste it you know this is my right this is my inheritance he's gonna, probably going to say no son uh that's probably not a good idea right now you know we need to get you stable we need to get you grounded in the word we need to get you rooted on who you uh who you serve and who your master is you know you're not ready because you're not going to spend it wisely so i'm assuming that they'd had this conversation more than once more than twice probably a few times so then the son comes one more time and he comes to that father and he says, Father, give me my inheritance. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out on my own and I'm going to live my life. I think I've done all I can here. I've grown up. I've uh, worked for you. I've done all this stuff. I'm ready to go out on my own. I'm ready to make myself my own man. And so the father has two choices. He can give it to him and let him go about and do what he did. Or he can say, son, I'm not going to give you this money. You are not ready. And then that's going to cause a divide. Either way, it's a divide. Because we saw the divide where he went out and did what he wanted to. You saw that. He wasn't around the Father no more. He started longing for home. Started longing for that relationship. And that's what it's about. That Father knew, I've got to save this relationship. So if I keep everything from him, then what is, what is, he's going to resent me. So naturally, your father is going to give you everything that he can, everything that you deserve, everything that he has. And at the very end of this, uh, kind of getting ahead of myself, I guess, but uh, verse 31, And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. All that I have is... All that I have is thine. Now he's talking to the other son, but it's the same principle. He's given everything he's got is for his sons. He's going to give it to him freely. You don't have to ask. You don't have to beg. You don't have to do anything. Now I know what's wise for you, and you've got to make a choice what you're going to do with this. But it's not about the money. It's about the relationship. If you stay with me, you will have everything that you need. You'll have everything that I have. And we know that God the Father owns everything. I mean, the money that we put in the offer, and he owned that first. He gave us the opportunity to take that money and do other things with it, or we can have a relationship with him. And that's what that's about. It's about the relationship with him. It's not about you giving to tithes. It's not about you giving offerings. It's not about you uh, coming up front so we can see you drop $2 in the plate or $5,000 in the plate. That's not what it's about. You know, I've been to ministries, and uh, nothing wrong with it, but they'll have separate 
lines for separate amounts and things like that. But I'm telling you it's about the relationship. It's not about how much you give. It's not about why you're giving. Well, it's about why you're giving, but it's about the relationship. The relationship with your father, not with me, not with your pastor, not with the offering plate. It's about the relationship with God. And you're, when you give this offering, you're saying, God, I'm coming back to you. I, I want to be with you. I want to take what you've given me and I want to multiply it. Because I know that everything you give can be multiplied. If I just plant it, it starts out as a little sprout, somebody said. And then sooner or later, it comes into a big acorn tree that multiplies and bears fruit. So you've got the choices, but it comes out of that relationship. And that relationship is so critical. It's critical enough that he would just give it to his son. It's, he knew what was going to happen to the son. He knew he was going to go. He knew he wasn't ready. But he gave it to him. And that's the same as us on this earth. He gives us our lives, our free will. But he's hoping that relationship will draw him back. And, and some of us go stray sometimes and we go over here and we end up in the muck and the mire and we end up living with the pigs. But your father is always ready there for the relationship. He's never left you. He's never said, I'm done with this young one. I can't get it through his head what he needs to do. I can't, I've told him what's right and he still chooses what's wrong. That's not what this father did. The second that he saw him coming back, he started spending money on him. He started giving him things. He gave him shoes, clothes, a robe, a ring. Gave him all this stuff because he still had that relationship. Your father never leaves you. It doesn't matter if you don't ever put a dollar in here. Your father never leaves you. Now your relationship may be hindered a little bit. I'm not saying that it may still go fine. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's not about this right here. It's about your relationship. Your father loves you no matter what you do with your money. Whether you squander it, or whether you do good things with it. It's about the relationship. It's about the relationship. So, this is not... It, this Scripture has been used for so many things, and I'm using it for another. But it's just about a picture of the Father God saying, hey, I have what you need. If you'll just come back to me, your finances will be taken care of. Your, your health will be taken care of. He's quite, he, he was able to quit eating pig's food. He came back and started eating healthy, good food. The fatted calf that his other son never got. And his son got upset about it. But at the, in the end, when that son got upset, what did he do? He didn't give him stuff. He told him, we still have that relationship. You are still my son. You still have everything that I have. He did, it wasn't about the money. It was about the relationship. As much money as this man had... He still didn't offer it to that. He said, I love you, son. I love you. And I want you to have everything that I have. You, whatever this son is getting, you're upset about it, but just know that it's yours also because I have enough love for both of my kids. The same way that our Father has enough love for each and every person on this earth, every person that ever was. This Father here, as much as He loved His kids, He'll never love them as much as Father God loves us. He'll never do as much for His children as Father God does for us. He's never done any, no person on earth other than Jesus, let's say, can never fulfill you as much as God. Now they came and He filled a purpose and to show us on earth how much He loved us. Now, that's relationship. But it's about money. It's about giving. He gave His Son. He gave us a job. He gave us a job we like. He gave some of us a job we didn't like. And we don't realize that He gave that job to us. Even though I don't like it, that job came from somewhere. And it might just be tiding you over till you get to the other job. But you'll never know it if you don't get in that relationship. If you don't start praying when you give your offerings. If you don't start praying when you give your tithes. If you don't start praying before you get to church about what do I need to do. Because if you keep holding back, it, your relationship is hindered. If I, if I went to my father and I said, Father, I'm going to go to work today. And I quit at 12 o'clock every day. I'm stealing from him. But the father still loves him still loves Him. And the Father up above still loves us because we're not always right and we're not always in our right mind. 
Sometimes it's because we just want to hold back because we don't think we have enough. And sometimes it's because we're unlearned. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing. But I'm telling you today that if you chase that relationship more than you chase that money, more than you hold it back, then the money will be there for you because your father said he would give it to you, that everything he has is yours. So if you just stop chasing the dollar and start chasing the relationship, then all that thing just comes over and it just sweeps over you. And then you have more than enough and abundantly. And then you can start blessing other people. Now, can, can people that don't give, can they bless other people? Sure. But they're not going to have that relationship. I mean, you might be grateful if somebody came and gave you $30,000 today. You'd be grateful. And you'd be wanting that relationship, but it's not going to be the same as having a relationship with the Father. It's not going to be there. The love is not going to be there. They might do it out of pity. They might do it out of a tax break or something like that. But your Father is doing it because He loves you. And because He wants that relationship. And that's the only reason that He does it. It's not about the money. The money, He's not... God, now I'm saying this kind of crazy, it's probably wrong, but God's not spending this. Now, He's spending it through the pastors and through the decisions that He makes, but God's not spending this money. God is entrusting Him because He's praying and He's doing all these things. He's entrusting Him to put it in the right place. But, but if this church closed the doors today and God never got any more of this money, He'd be just fine. He'd be just fine. But when you or me turn our backs against God, then God's not fine with that. He's not fine with it at all because He longs for that relationship. That's why when somebody passes away and goes to heaven, that's why the angels rejoice because they get to go to heaven and they get to be with Him. That's the kind of love. It's, and then it's eternal. Then it's not just here. Then it's eternal, and he just takes that, and he says, hey, welcome to the family, son. Here, I've got your house for you. The one that, you know, you might have been living in the pig pen down here, and up there you've got a mansion just because you gave 10 cents every day in the offering because that's what you had. That's where your money was at. But you gave it because of the relationship, and so now you have an eternal relationship through that. So it's just... It's about the relationship. That's, I, I'll just say it over and over. It's about the relationship. It's about the relationship. It's not about the money. Now, a money is an outwardly expression of how to do it. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. The Bible commands us and tells us to give tithes and offerings, and we should. But what's your motive in it? Don't, don't, now, at the same time, and I'm not saying don't plant seeds for certain things because you do. You do. It's been proven time and time again. It's proven in my life. It's in the Bible. You know, uh, pastors preached a message before about name your seed, things like that. It works. It's proven and it's in the Bible. And it's proven in my life. I'm not saying don't do that. But I'm saying do it for the relationship. Because if you do it for the relationship, then it just all comes in. Just like this, then there's going to be a party. You're going to have the fatted calf then at the end you have a relationship with your father and your brother that was upset over all this, the whole family comes into alignment and they say, hey, we're, we're in a good relationship right here. We're in a good spot. And so now that my son, one of them has learned a lesson not to go off and try to do things on his own without the father, and the other one has learned not to get disgruntled when this person over here has way more than what I got. He got the fatted calf, and I was out in the field still working. Nobody came to get me. Nobody told me we were having a party. I just happened to come up and seen the lights and everything. But you know what? There was still fatted calf when I got there, and it was still plenty for me. And then the father again at the end says, hey, everything that I've got is yours. Nothing, nothing that Andy has is something I wouldn't give to you. It's for everybody. But he's talking about his love. He's talking about his relationship. So I just wanted to say that this morning. That was just a, like I said, it was, it just is what it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's all about the relationship. 
Dr. Marcirillo teaches power travels in relationship. Hallelujah. I just want you all to know that Apostle Angie got to go to Marlton and she released a very deep <laughs> revelation into the people there. Sister Monica recorded it. So y'all can y'all need to watch it. You need to watch it. It's a very deep revelation. And what's interesting is like when apostle goes like that. There was four of us that went. Pastor Dana and myself, Monica and Brecken. We went to support apostle But every one of us got to minister. Apostle opened that door. She ministered. Then we all got to minister. That's, that's what's amazing. What's on the head comes down onto the body. And since we're talking about sowing seeds, I've, I've, Pastor Dan and I have been sowing into Apostle's life for several years. Years. Does she need the money? It, she's going to go and do what God tells her to do. Whether I ever give her another dime. But what it does. Is it, it links. Us. To the anointing that's on her life. Because I'm sowing out of myself. I'm sowing out of something that's cost me something. So that anointing that's on her will begin to flow down onto me. So I encourage you. I've got a word, and, I'm probably, and I've been feeling it. I'm probably going to preach it before too long, called sowing forward. We always want to sow to people in need, and that is a thing. The Bible tells us to do that. But it also tells us that if you, you, get to, you sow to a, to a poor, you're going to reap exactly what you sowed. You give 20 to a poor, you're going to reap 20 back. But when you begin to sow outside of yourself, you begin to sow upward, sow forward, whatever direction, whatever you want to call it, there is an anointing that comes for increase in that. Because... Exactly. Because it's not about you anymore. When we sow to the poor, which that is, we are supposed to do that, but a lot of people do that because it makes me feel good. I helped somebody. When I sow to apostle, yes, she uses it for whatever she needs to do, but it's, it's, it's like it's not about me. There's, some, there's something to that. So I encourage you to get before God sometime and just see if he wants you to start sowing into her, her life. It will change you. It will change you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give you praise, Jesus. We had a three-day fast this past week. And my wife, uh, God spoke to her to have it. And he told her the fast was going to be on expansion. Expansion. That's what the fast was on. An apostle came in one day of the fast and told her that God had spoke to her and give her a word. I think it's in Ecclesiastes. See, I got it wrote down here somewhere. And in Ecclesiastes 3, 
those verses. It starts off, it's a time for this, it's a time for that, it's a season for this, it's a season for that. But there, down in verse 3, he said, it's time to heal. God spoke to her and said, it's time to heal. And when she said that, it hit me so hard. God spoke and said, it's time to heal. The creator of all things said, this is the time to heal. This is the season for healing. So that's why I felt to release that uh, to Kate a while ago, because it's like, I know God heals often. He heals different times. He's healed here many times in the services. So you say God heals all the time. But this is different. When God specifically says it is time, it's like, it's the other time that's like waves to me, I'm going to describe it like, it's like waves in the water. But what I see right now, it, when God spoke that, it's like a big wave. It is time to heal. And these verses are talking about there's a time, there's seasons. That means that there's a beginning point and there's an ending point for this season. So we want to ride that wave. I want to ride that wave. As long as that wave is flowing, I want to release that. Apostle released it to us. I'm going to release it to you. You can release that. A time to heal. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews. The expansion is healing. Expansion is a byproduct of healing. Put it that way. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7. I taught this last Sunday, but I, it, it is good to me. So I'm going to teach it again. Where I used this scripture last Sunday. It says, And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. Ministers he is a worshiper of God. A worshiper of God. God said that you worship me, you worship me, I will set you on fire. You want the fire of God in you? Worship him. That's what it says right there. His ministers, a flame of fire. His worshipers, a flame of fire. So you want the fire of God in you? Worship him. You want to expand? Worship him. You want a revelation on tithes and offerings? Worship him. You want revelations on anything? Worship him. You want to see him move in your life? Worship him. That's where it all starts, right there. See, expansion covers every area of our life, the natural and the spirit. The natural expansions that we, we look for is maybe a better job, maybe a raise, maybe a better car, better house, etc., Hallelujah. Spiritual expansions include, and I don't have them all listed, spiritual expansion is revelations. Our perception of God. See, Julie brought that out in the fast 
one day how we perceive God. The way we perceive God determines on how we worship him. Determines how we obey him. Determines our perception of God determines how we respond to him. So we need an expansion on our perception of God. We want spiritual expansion in wisdom. We want expansion in the ability to hear the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Dana brought this one out, and this is the one we're going to go with this morning. Expansion is stretching. Stretching. When God begins to stretch us, it's not comfortable. God begins to move us past where we were. He wants to move us outside of our comfort zone. Hallelujah. So do you want to be stretched this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. You want to be stretched. This morning in prayer, I told him it was preparation for my word. <laughs> I stretched a few people this morning. I give them the mic. That'll stretch you all by itself. Third John chapter 1, verse 2. says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Where it says, thou mayest prosper, that's expansion. That is beyond where you are. Be in health, that's expansion. We've all got creeks and little issues here and there. It says, be in health, that's expansion. Even as your soul prospers, that's expansion. Your soul prospers, your soul expands your soul begins to know more about God your soul gets revelations of God that it's never had before and they flow down into the natural realm into to your into prosperity which means exactly what it says right there prosperity that you prosper your soul prospers and it flows down into your health and it prospers so why would those two be related? I see it, maybe it's because I've studied it and prayed and lived it. But I see that as my soul prospers, as I know more about God, I know more about who he is. I know more about, I have a revelation of him, not head knowledge, but down in my spirit. Then I see that, that the more I know him, the more the physical begins to line up with his word. Hallelujah. Because when my soul begins to line up with the word of God, with the kingdom principles, then the natural has got to follow suit. The natural has to line up. It has to. That's why it's important to know God. Genesis 1, 28. Let's look at that. Let's just look at what God said. The first instructions he gave man. And I think if, the, if it's the first instructions that God gave man, I think they're pretty important. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, be fruitful. Expand, multiply, that's expansion. Replenish the earth, that's expansion. Subdue it, that's expansion. How is subduing the earth expansion? When you subdue your enemy, you just took his territory. You expand it. We have to expand. We have to let God expand, expand our territory 
to take dominion. Hallelujah. See, Jesus was so prosperous in the spirit realm, in the spirit realm, that miracles manifested in the natural realm. Think about that. Why did miracles manifest for Jesus? Because he knew God. He was born a man just like we are. He became a man, but he knew God. He had a relationship like Pastor Tim was talking about. He had a relationship with God, and he knew God. His soul prospered to the point that miracles manifested into the natural realm. So, well, that was Jesus. His disciples did the same thing. His disciples did the same thing. I'll try and hurry so we don't stay too long. See, to, to, to expand, we have to go past our natural mind into the mind of Christ. Which is the natural mind. That the mind of Christ is spirit. See, our natural mind will put limits on God. I can't. I saw no way that I could retire early. I had done looked at, we had already looked more than once. Pulled it up on the computer and done a little research. What, what, what's my retirement income going to be? I'm sorry, but it did not fit. Did not fit. But what did God say? We have to go past our natural mind. We got to take the limits off of God. We have to face our fears. See, God spoke to me one time. He says, the fears we don't face become our limits. The fears we don't face become our limits. The fears we don't face become our limits. And fear causes lack. Fear causes lack. John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. See, we like to quote that scripture, but this scripture is accessed through prayer. To get to find the way, someone has to get into God's presence for God to speak the way. Jesus is the way, but if you want to know the way, then you've got to pray, and the way is revealed. And then when the way is revealed, you've got, you got to receive it as the truth. And when you receive it as the truth, then the life comes. I'll go back to my testimony about retiring early. There was no way. But Jesus said, sow the seed, and a way was made. He said, sow the seed. I believed what he said. I accepted what he said as the truth. I sowed the seed. The way came. Life came. Hallelujah. It's all accessed in prayer. And it's like Pastor Tim it said, it's all about relationship. It's about relationship. Genesis to Revelation is about relationship. It's about knowing God. It's about knowing Jesus. Hallelujah. But we got to press past some stuff to know him.
Psalms 34, 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord when my circumstances don't, when, when all of my ducks are in a row. That's not what it says. I will bless the Lord when my husband acts right. I will bless the Lord when my kids act right. I will bless the Lord when my wife acts right. I will bless the Lord when I have money in my checkbook. That's not what the Bible says. That scripture says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Not when everything is going right. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for the raise. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. This is talking about, I just thank you for being God. I thank you for being God. That's, that's past me. That has nothing to do with me. That scripture right there is actually all about Jesus, period. See, when we get to the place where we just, ple- bre- <laughs> I'll get it out. When we get to the place where we bless God at all times, we praise him continually, the enemy really doesn't have room. He he doesn't have room to work. He doesn't have room to get in our mind. That one scripture right there will subdue the mind. If, we, if we'll grab that one scripture and just press that one scripture and just use that one scripture and just praise God, bless him continually, praise him continually, what's the enemy going to do with that? The enemy says, uh, I think that check you just wrote is going to bounce. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I give you praise, God, just for who you are. What's the enemy going to do with that? Nothing. <laughs> what can he do with that? Hmm. That one scripture will transform your mind. See, I said earlier when we was talking, when we were praying for Kate on, on the Facebook, that apostle came in here in the fast and released that word in Ecclesiastes. It's time to heal. See, that word, this is what hit me. God said to apostle, it's time to heal. God said it. God said that. Apostle Angie didn't say it. She didn't look through the Bible and say, oh, this looks like a good scripture. Let me just grab hold of that. No. God spoke that to her. The creator of all things spoke and said, it is time to heal. It is time. And whenever whenever we were praying that day, I heard it is time to rise up. It's time. That's what healing is. Healing is a rising up. When Jesus healed the lame man, what did he tell him? Rise up. The man at the pool of Bethesda, get up. Take up your bed. Get up. Rising up is healing. Rising up into what God's called you to do is healing. It's time for God's people to rise up. Hallelujah. That's expansion. See, when that man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus walked up to him, I don't remember exactly what he said, but the man had an excuse. Jesus didn't even give the time of day to his excuse, to his, 
to his excuse. Told him to get up. Get up. Take up your bed. And get up and take up your bed. See, expansion requires us to push past the old. The old way of doing things. To push into the new. It's a breakthrough. Like the song they were singing. God is the God of a breakthrough. It requires us getting out of our comfort zone. Did you know people can be comfortable in bondage? I was. I hid behind fear and I was comfortable with it. I, was, I felt safe. But God couldn't use me there. I was very comfortable. No requirements. No expectations. Was put on me. Until I met Apostle Eileen. <laughs> and Apostle Angie. Hallelujah. So we all need a breakthrough in expansion in some area. We all need to be stretched. Hallelujah. And when we begin to let God stretch us, then he begins to use us. That's how he stretches us, is to use us. That trip we made to Marlton, well, every trip that I go on outside of town, just about it, when it comes to me, usually on the way to the, where we're going, I'm going to support Apostle. But while, I, while we're riding down the road, I'm usually, this is one of the things that says, okay, God, I'm available. I'm going to support Apostle, but if you want to use me, I am available. Apostle taught me that. Apostle taught me to do that. How did she teach me to do that? I'll tell you the first time it happened, we were headed to Conway, a church van full. We were headed to Conway. We're about halfway there. I think we were more than halfway there. We had done through Little Rock. We weren't going, Apostle wasn't going to minister. None of us were going to minister. We were going to support the hub. About halfway, well, on the other side of Little Rock, Apostle was, I think, was sitting in front of us. She turned around to me and says, God's going to use you tonight. <laughs> I'm just saying. Did I have time to prepare? Uh, we're about an hour away. No. I just said, okay, God. I received the word from the apostle just come into agreement with it and said, okay, whatever you want to do. And he did. He gave me a word for that ministry that night. Same thing on this last trip. We went to Marlton. On our way up there, God, going to support Apostle, but if you want to use me, I am available. Guess what he did? He used everyone that went. Apostle preached, and then every single person that went ministered. Brecken, thir she's 13, 13 years old. God used her to minister. Outside of our comfort zone. So, God showed me this morning, sometimes our comfort zone, even though we're on the platform, 
behind the mics is a comfort zone. My wife's gotten outside of her comfort zone, but I'm going to use the keyboard too. You can play the keyboard and be in a comfort zone. You can play the drums and be in a comfort zone. You can take up the offering and that become a comfort zone to you. You can stand behind the pulpit and preach and that become a comfort zone to you. But God wants to take us out of our comfort zone this morning. Hallelujah. So if you want out of your comfort zone, I'm going to invite you to come down. We're going we're going to do something. You're going to get you y'all just line just line up down there. Just gather up. Hallelujah. We did this in prayer, too. You know, one of the greatest breakthroughs I ever got started with the word hallelujah. It started out hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how it started. I mean, it was a prayer day. I think I was probably the only man there with a bunch of ladies and God and there's a hallelujah about that loud come out and then it got a little louder or that hallelujah come out and I think it I don't remember if it was Apostle Aline or Apostle Angie I'm not sure they heard it and they began to pull on that and that hallelujah went from hallelujah to hallelujah to hallelujah to hallelujah. It got to the point to where I know my whole face was red. I was shouting hallelujah. It was rattling the shingles on the roof. That's what it felt like. But fear broke that day. Fear broke. Hallelujah. There's a song that we sung, and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to sing it. You're going to have to press past who's beside you, not worry about what you sound like, not worry about what you look like, because you're not singing it to them. You're singing it to God. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.